This is Supervised Learning, a podcast where the Merlin Mind team learns from experts in artificial intelligence, technology, and education. We hope you enjoy learning with us through these conversations with those who know. Time to learn. Dana, Brian, Wendy, thank you for joining us today. My name is Jess Williams. Um, I am actually a former eighth grade teacher and a strategy analyst at Merlin Mind. Um, and Wendy is going to be on this episode with me. Wendy. Hi, Jess. It's great to be here. Uh, like Jess said, my name is Wendy Pearson, and I am the teacher training and learning programs manager here at Merlin Mind. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and today we're going to have a fun and interesting conversation on our podcast, Supervised Learning, where we talk to experts and educators and innovators in education, technology, and AI to learn about the work they're doing and why it matters. Um, and speaking of experts, we have a superstar panel of the real experts in education, our teachers. Um, so in this episode, we're going to ask a couple of Maryland teachers about what it's like to introduce a digital assistant to their classroom and how their feelings have evolved as they've gotten more and more comfortable using it. Our two teachers um, who are in the classroom using Merlin today, um, the digital assistant for education are Dana and Brian. And I would love if you guys could introduce yourselves, uh, just tell us the district you work for, the school you work in, grades, subject levels you teach, and maybe how long you've been a teacher. Um, Dana, do you wanna start? Sure. My name is Dana McJunkin-Smith, and this is actually my 15th year of teaching. Um, I currently teach fourth grade at Avalon Elementary School in the Val Verde Unified School District. I'm super excited to be here, and I really enjoy using Merlin in my classroom. I'm Brian Fish. I work at Rancho Verde High School for the Val Verde School District, and um, this is my 13th year. <laughs> they all blend together. And... Um, <laughs> I started teaching in continuation school and then moved to the comprehensive and uh, I teach AP literature to seniors and our expository reading and writing curriculum as well. Amazing. So we have a wide range of teaching backgrounds here and lucky to get two teachers from Valverde, a district that we work really closely with. Um, and we're just so excited to talk to you guys about how you faced integrating innovative technology in your classroom. And I'd love to just start broadly and ask, what does it mean to be successful in your job right now? And on the flip side of that, what are some of challenges that get in the way of achieving that? Well, some things that would make me feel successful as a teacher and just in education would be um, just seeing my scholars um, take on a project or an assignment or just out in the world, out and on campus and, and really feel like they can problem solve themselves through whatever's going on and have that confidence and really um, be able to communicate with each other because we're in such a collaborative world and a communication heavy environment. Um, it would just really be great for me to see that they can communicate their needs communicate what they want, and also just communicate what they're learning. I think that's one of our important things as a teacher is, okay, what did you learn? And how are you going to show that to me? And some of the challenges, just time, you know, we, we don't have as much time with our kiddos as, um, as we would like. 
and um, just ensuring that they have everything that they need um, all around them, everywhere that they're at, at home, in the community, here at school. Um, and other challenges sometimes is just being ready with whatever comes at their way. I have to agree, even with the 12th graders, it's really about communication, but it's just a little different. It's, can you write that business email? Can you uh, write that memo? Can you communicate at a professional level? And um, it's it's bittersweet being a senior teacher because you get them and you come to love them. And then you turn around and nine months later, they're, they're gone. They're out of your hands and they're out in the big world. Um, so... One of the things that that I think is a sign of success is I will have seniors, uh, former seniors, uh, find my social media. Is this Mr. Fish? Blah blah blah. You know, can can we you know communicate um, that? And when they come back to campus, it's always interesting. I think any teacher would agree that when your when your babies come back and they're all grown up, um, <clears throat> it's just one of the best things ever. Um, so, yeah, so so like my success is I have nobody to pass them on to, but the big bad world. So a lot of times I leave them with my fingers crossed going, I know you can do this. You've got this. You know, we worked really hard in this district to make sure you're going to be OK. Um, so that's that's one of the great things about um, just the job in general. The challenges right now, I would say, as a senior teacher is whoever created chat GPT. I'd like to find you in a dark alley and hurt you. <laughs> um, actually, it's it's not that bad, although although the fears are are there. We've seen a little bit of it. But um, yeah, I, I think one of the big challenges is is right now we're looking at AI that can write the papers for the kids. We're looking at AI that can be an end around for the experience of reading a novel or experiencing news or digesting rhetorical content. And I think that's huge for kids because we are so bombarded now with rhetorical content, with politics, with news, who's telling what, you know, I, I knew we were doomed, you know, when I heard somebody say alternative facts one day and I was like, oh, wow, we're there. That is gonna be hard to teach through. You know, because once somebody says, well, your facts aren't my facts, then, then, you know, education is based on a meeting of the minds. And if you doubt that meeting, then, then you, you don't have the, the academic trust to go on and, and expand that. So that's a challenge right now. I think that's a challenge everywhere in education. And um, I think the challenge was only exacerbated by having 18 months in lockdown, you know, especially here in California. So that was, yeah. And we're still fighting that too. <laughs> well, I think it changed um, students' ability to interact socially. I'm, I'm noticing that students are exceptionally comfortable on FaceTime. They, it's almost like they learned to be social in a virtual environment. And so now we're back in the classroom and things are kind of getting back to normal. We're having to reteach some of those lost social and emotional skill sets that helps students interact and help students engage in an educational setting. So I've seen the same thing. Absolutely. And I'm what I'm hearing from you guys is that the success of the teacher is the relationships that you you build with your students and seeing that unfold um, throughout their year with you and even beyond after they have you. And that's 
the real value that teachers bring that no piece of technology can replace. Um, chat GPT is not going to, you know, wrap their arms around you and give you a hug when you're having a bad day as a student. Um, and I think that's one thing at Merlin Mind that we've really tried to integrate into our mission is that having a piece of technology that they, that's there to assist teachers um, and not replace them and, and recognize the real value and success that teachers bring to the education sphere. Um, and the challenges I'm hearing from you guys, I mean, we could talk all day about the challenges that teachers face, but that time aspect I have definitely heard come up again and again and and trust. And at least in my own experience, when I was teaching during the pandemic, you know, uh, there was a lot of solutions I think that get thrown at teachers, um, technology solutions, um, new apps, new things to try. I see wide eyes here among the panel. Um, and I'm just wondering from, from your guys' perspective, thinking about um, a time when you're trying to find a solution, um, a technological solution in particular to help with your teaching and make you a more successful teacher, what has worked really well in implementing that piece of technology? And if not, maybe you have an example of a time when it went really poorly. Um, from what I've seen as an instructional coach, um, some of the things that are really difficult for teachers are having the time to learn a new ed tech product because it's thrown at you. Hey, we have all this functionality. You've got all this reporting. You have all these um, things that you can look at to really, um, you know, base your instruction on data. But if you don't know how to use the tool or you don't have the time to professionally develop yourself using that tool, a lot of that functionality just kind of goes to waste and teachers use very basics or don't even use it at all. And it's simply because when are you going to take the time to be um, trained and when are you going to get used to the, the functions? How are you going to utilize the reporting features and the, the data? How When are you going to analyze the data? Um, that's a lot of what the ed tech products are giving us is the ability to monitor and track and report data. So I think a lot of it is just teachers understanding how to use the tech that they have and managing what, what they're given. I, I think, you know, as teachers, we get so overwhelmed with, you need to use this, you need to use that, and try this, try that, and you go to a conference, and you walk into the, the room that, you know, got all of the vendors, and you're just thinking, okay, what am I going to do here, but, you know, really, for me, it's been finding as much information as I can, but finding what I'm looking for is really important, like, what is this tool that I'm going to use going to help my students do or how is it going to facilitate the learning in a different way and what I personally look for is what can I use that my my scholars are going to, you know participate with and get engaged in and I want their feedback as the teacher I don't want to stand there and use something that they're bored with or you know, try to get something out of a, a tool that isn't really what it's kind of meant for. And it just slows things down and doesn't give us that freedom to, to learn to do what we need to do. And so sometimes, you know, it's a matter of, all right, I'm going to try this. Let's give this a try, guys. And we do it. And then we take a few minutes after, even though our day is so packed, just to, to reflect and talk about what we liked and what we didn't. And as a group, sometimes it becomes, well, do we want to give this a try again? Or when might this tool be useful? 
because really I'm a facilitator of learning. I'm not standing at the front of the room and just talking to them. I want them to take charge of their own learning and I want them to really use whatever tools are available and the companies and the ed tech tools that come forth and say, okay, you know, this is what you can use and, and are really good to also take our feedback to like Merlin is. And we have several, you know, ed tech tools that we have in our district that are really well used and we give so much feedback and we get so much out of it when we give that feedback. And that's what we want. We're in a world where, oh, you don't like that app, delete it. Next. And we really want it to be big bang for your buck um, type of technology for us. Well, I saw Brian, uh, he was cheering while you were speaking. I'd love to hear kind of what was going through your head, Brian, while she was speaking. Well, it, it comes down to um, it's, we're in a unique district. Um, our ed tech people, there's a level of professionalism with these people that is rare and a level of knowledge. But just like Dana said, it show me the data. Is this going to work? You know, is this going to work? And the other thing too is the day of the sage on the stage is over. Kids are not learning that way anymore. And it's because we have these great ed tech tools. They can do the learning on their own. You can, you can become a sculptor nowadays watching YouTube videos. You can, you can pay for classes online and, you know, learn to watercolor, whatever kids aren't, they're smart. They know, they know that the stuff is out there. Um, so as a facilitator, that's, that's the word that I was really cheering is like teaching is more facilitating knowledge and finding, um, that knowledge that, that, that the student needs. And when it comes to, to technology, I'll admit years back at one point, the iPad was brand new and our district was like, we're going to get all the teachers iPads. And I remember thinking, that's really cool. I'd love to have an iPad. How am I going to use this in the classroom? Like we didn't have the Wi-Fi infrastructure for mobile. Like we didn't have anything. And so it, it seemed to me like the district at that moment went, we're not doing this again. We're, we're really going to, you know, get serious about what we're doing and, and be, you know, work with in, intent and reason. And I've got to say from the day we got our Chromebook cards all the way to going one-to-one, there's been no time where there hasn't been somebody in IT, an ed tech person, somebody that I could call and say, something broke, I need help. Because we have to admit, technology is the Achilles heel of any classroom. If you plan a lesson with technology and it goes bye-bye, you're having a rough day. You know, you're, you're, you're really, you know, using those teacher chops at that point. But I think that technology, you, I, I loved how you said it's the Achilles heel, but it's also like the best arrow in your quiver. It's like the, the two at the same time, if it's working for you and it's, you're managing it and it's, everything is pulling up the way it's supposed to, you can teach 
such amazing lessons. Like you said, be this facilitator and empower your students to search and find and interact with 21st century technology. And if it doesn't work, what do you do? <laughs> you go outside I, nature walk. <laughs> I liken it to when all the technology is working, you are a conductor. Everybody and everything is working fine. But when the technology doesn't work, you're at the wrong venue. Your band is somewhere else. You know what I mean? Your whole symphony is 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 somewhere else. So yeah, and it's so amazing to be able to be a teacher at this point. This is what I want to tell people that are afraid of getting into teaching and and I understand your fears, but it's such an awesome time at the same time. The level of technology, the things we get to do with the kids. Um, I have... My son is 16. When he was in fourth grade, he had to do the California Missions Project. He built his mission in Minecraft. Brian, could you explain the... a little bit about what the mission project is, just for our listeners who aren't familiar with okay, it? Okay, okay, Dana, you need to unmute. <laughs> okay, so, so in, in California, one of our standards in fourth grade is learning about the explorers. And so you, you need to learn about the missions and, and why we have the missions. And part of the project, depending on where you want to go with it, is you research a mission. And then the project typically has been, okay, you're going to recreate the mission, whether you do it with Legos or Minecraft in that case, or, you know, sugar cubes at your, at your, uh, that's not going to work so well, but you know, um, I learned that because in fourth grade, I tried to make it with sugar cubes and I tried three times and finally gave up and took my Legos and then made it out of Legos. But I digress. Um, the point is trying really and failing. Yes. Yes. I was. So working on that steam stuff right there, just, you know, making sure I, I um, failed and tried again. That was excellent. It did take me many times, but the purpose of it is really just to kind of demonstrate, you know, your, your understanding and learning about what was important about having the missions in California, because that was kind of how we got things going and, and just taking that time to literally build a mission. And, and back in the day, you know, you could go to Michael's and you could buy a kit and you know put the kits together and then it's not really the same as you trying to actually create it or more organically and so now we do it very differently so brian i'm so excited that your son got to do it in minecraft because when i've done the mission projects i tell them you can do it any way you want yes minecraft's an option but you know it definitely really ups the game when you have all these um, ed tech tools that can take it to another level exactly well, I... and and the way that it was turned in is that it was a fly-through video. You literally fly through the front doors of the mission and he had to narrate what all the rooms were. And I remember helping him with it because you know we're working on the computer and stuff at home. And I don't know that I've ever seen a fourth grader so excited about something that they had done. I remember my mission project. I was not that excited. I was not that excited. It was one of those... Um, oh. I know it's 8.30 at night, mom, but I'm supposed to build a mission by tomorrow. So sorry. Yeah. Well, what I think I'm hearing you say that I really am enjoying is this idea that in a classroom, when you're learning something that's really impactful, um, the classroom time spent making mistakes and rebuilding and resolving a problem is really what's exciting about education. It's not the direct instruction lesson. It's not the teacher up there showing you how to do a problem. It's the instruction can happen virtually. You can watch a YouTube video anytime you want. It's that interaction with a human who understands 
what mistakes look like, how to work through mistakes, how to reteach that inner voice, that inner uh, monologue that helps a person think out loud. What am I doing to solve this problem? What's not working? And how do I move through it to the next stage? And that's what's really special about a human teacher. Um, you know, learn the lesson on YouTube, come to class and practice. And I think that's really what we're starting to see is educators are, are realizing, hey, I don't have to do the lesson plan. I can have a video teach the lesson, come to class and let's practice, let's work, let's make mistakes together. And that's what I heard both of you say is this whole idea of trying and failing and succeeding. Um, that's really the magic that happens in the classroom. So thank you for sharing that. Jess. Yeah, I, I appreciate just hearing how you both are models for your students in trying and failing in technology um, in front of them as well. And that was a concept in math, like, you know, you like model mistakes, admit when you when you made a math mistake and that shows students that it's okay for them to make mistakes as well. Um, another thing that I was hearing when you guys were talking about, you know, integrating new technologies, like red flags are like, there's always a new shiny piece of technology, you know, maybe it's an iPad, something else, but it really seems like what you guys look at as teachers is how does this help my students? How does this give me the freedom to teach? Um, and I feel like that's what we try to do with our Merlin assistant is um, for people who not, are not familiar with it, who are listening to the podcast, it's a voice assistant for teachers where you can give commands such as um, pull up my slides for today, switch back to the video. Um, those are just a couple examples and it allows you to do that without running back to your computer um, to make those commands happen. But that's my definition or my very quick summary. I would love to hear from you two. How do you explain what Merlin is to a completely new teacher? Like if a brand new student teacher walked into your classroom and said, what is that thing? What do you tell them? Um, I've, I've had two student teachers now uh, with the Merlin in, in my classroom. So uh, first they think it's some kind of um, DHH device. For, for our deaf and hard and hearing students, they, they they think it's some kind of a microphone or speaker for them. And then I say, oh no, it's your, it's your, it's your artificial intelligence. It's, it's, it's your assistant. You can ask it to do things for you. And they look at me like I've grown a third eye on my forehead. And then I grab the magic remote and I give it a couple of commands, open tab three, go to, you know, this search my Google drive for which is the best thing for any teacher because all of our Google drives are a mess. So being, being able to search for a document without having to run back to your desk is just, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, introducing the, the things that we take for granted at home, but geared toward a teacher. Finding a document is no different for a teacher than somebody that turns on a light switch at home. You do it 50 times a day and it's just, it's, it's, it's part of your dexterity as a teacher, as, as an educator. So when you can do that from 20 feet across the classroom and you don't have to be stuck in a corner because where do they put all the teacher's desks? You're stuck in a corner where they can get you to your, you know, your, your Wi-Fi and your this and your that. Yeah, me too. Cabinets behind me. So 
really my thing with Merlin is that I feel free. I don't have to be, I can sit at a student's chair who's absent that day and teach the whole class from there. Does it, does it throw the students off a little bit? Yeah, but they're, they're 18. They can be thrown off a little bit. They're going to be fine. But Brian, you said something that really um, kind of touched my teacher heart. I was a teacher for 16 years and this whole idea that, yeah, we do have to have our stuff in the corner. We do need to be near a wall to plug in. And what has that done to teaching? It's made teachers standing in one place, bending over and pushing the forward button to use their technology. So it's actually hindering this authentically engaging instruction that we're hoping to accomplish by adding in the ability to present slides, graphics, or videos. The teacher is now tethered to the corner of their classroom, whether it's in the back or the front. And that's why we need Merlin because we've got to move teachers out of the corner of their room. Teachers need to be flowing between desks and around tables and in the back and in the front. They need to be able to jump around and dance and move. And these are things we cannot do if we are tethered to our computer. So thank you for saying that. That really touched my teacher heart. Let's get these teachers away from the corner and let's start moving around and interacting with the kids. Dana, did you have any thoughts? Yeah, I I am really grateful for our district because as it is, we have such great technology to be able to be around the room and not stuck at our desk. You know, we can use our, our Wi-Di devices so I can walk across the room with my laptop and, and be across the room and, you know, set something down just like Ryan said and you know, a kid wants to present something. All right, here's my hover cam and here's my laptop. There you go. You can um, share your writing and let's edit it together. You know, there's a lot of things we can do with it. With with Merlin, I feel like it kind of took that to the next level. You know, it takes some time to learn because, you know, you, you just have to have that practice. And if you're lucky enough to have Wendy come in and remind your entire class of when to wait before you give your command, you know, it really... Um, gave that level of freedom, you know, a big boost. And, you know, we still have to kind of catch ourselves as, as teachers. I sometimes walk back to my computer because I need to do something. I'm like, wait a minute, I have the remote in my hand right here. Let me try that again. You know, but just having that opportunity to, to um, just give the kids an opportunity to, to use it. I'm all about having my, my scholars use Merlin and yes, sometimes with the remote, because it's a little bit easier, um, but also just giving them that empowerment, right. To ask a question or to um, keep me on track, because one of the things I use the most right now is the timer because we're so focused on, you know, making sure we get through the things we need to in an elementary classroom. You got a lot to go through and very little time to do it. And so my kids laugh every single time I say, hey, Merlin, can you please set that timer? And, you know, it just, it is something that just is really incorporated very well into the scholars using it and then me as well. Wanted to say, um, teacher that's having his or her students actually interacting with the artificial intelligence in the classroom is really um, doing some pretty amazing work because this is a 21st century skill that students are using 
And it is a skill that we will be taken into the workplace, into their homes and into future uh, engagement. So the fact that your fourth graders and your high school students are getting exposure to this level of technology is absolutely brilliant. And it's wonderful to see. I'd love to hear more about having how you're having your students engage with Merlin. Um, one of the things that I will do is we'll do uh, Jeopardy days. Everybody knows the, the Jeopardy thing. Uh, but I'll do Merlin lifelines. You know, if you don't know specifically the answer, maybe Merlin might. And you mean like in um, like who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Are yeah. you serious? I love that so much. Yeah, I'm so going to steal that. I am stealing that from you. I'll give you credit. <laughs> it works because you only, you know, you can only ask Merlin, you know, for one question. Is this the question? that you're going to burn your, you know, you, you know, your, your one research on, um, I use it in that way. Uh, I definitely use it for timers. You wouldn't think it, but so much of a high school day is because at these point, the only difference between a fourth grader and a 12th grader, they both love to color. They will always love crayons. They'll always try and steal your markers because they just do. Right. Um, but the biggest thing is, is they just have more training. So it's, it's nice with Merlin, but you still have to have that timer to get them from transition to transition from thing to thing. And, and what's going to be interesting is seeing that, you know, Merlin's not going anywhere. I, I don't see it going. I, I see it becoming more incorporated than anything else is students that are going to come into my class at some point that have or no more Merlin commands than I do. And I, I I can be that guy that's like, I don't remember how to make Merlin do this. Can you help me? And they're gonna be, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I learned that in Miss McJunkin's class, you know? And I'm looking forward to that day. I think that's gonna be so much fun. And it gives me more of a way to be the guide on the side. I, I wanna usher people into a better life. I mean, that's what we get into education for. And being able to do um, coded language, you know, command language, being able to, you know, switch from regular talking to whatever. I mean, we're going to have these AI devices on assembly lines. We're going to have AI devices uh, wherever we work. You're going to look at your AI device and say, Charlie, I need you to find me this wrench, this wrench, and this wrench. Come, you know, bring it back immediately. And these students are already going to have experience with that. And I think that is like... That's Star Wars level awesome, you know? Because Charlie's going to be a droid someday. I love it so much. Dana, what, what's what's in your mind? Oh, my kids right now, they, they still really enjoy Find My Remote. Wendy came in and, and showed my class how to do that. And we take brain breaks here and there. Sometimes it's a physical, we get out and go do something. And sometimes it's just doing something in the classroom. And I, I cannot tell you how big my smile is when I hear, can we play find my remote? <laughs> yes, we can. All right. Who's going to be the seeker? Who's going to be the hider? Let's go. And, you know, and then it just runs itself. Cause at this point they know I hand the remote over and they're literally, they could go all day if I'd let them. Um, and then we learned something recently that I think is really going to change it for, for our, our class, um, asking Merlin to show the tabs on a, on a website. So if we Google search something and then we ask Merlin to show the tabs, because sometimes it's like, well, I don't know, I don't remember what command 
it is to show the first video or I don't remember, you know, what I need to do to make Merlin scroll down, you know, things like that, showing the tabs and all of a sudden you get, okay, well, which number do you want? And then at that point, they're just like, oh, number three, number three. And so boom, there we go. And we take a lot of bird walks. Um, we are falcons, but we take bird walks because I like to um, take a moment and just enrich whenever we possibly can. And that's a lot of times how we'll use Merlin as well. Bird walk. When we're on a topic and something is like kind of tangential, like it's just like over here, like, okay, well that's on topic, but not really. And we can't go very long. We're just gonna go take a little tiny. Okay, let's ask Merlin this. Let's look at this. Okay, now come back. It could be so what you're, telling me, what you're telling me is that these bird walks are actually authentic engagement, student-led inquiry that's being facilitated by Merlin. And that's what's so exciting about including your students in this journey of embracing artificial intelligence as an assistant in the classroom. Um, brilliant to watch. I wanted to speak really quickly to something that Brian was talking about. Brian keeps sparking all these ideas in my head as he's speaking. And um, I wanted to say this idea of bringing conscious awareness to the time that things are taking within your classroom may seem like a very small part of what Merlin offers. However, it's one of the most used tools. And what does that tell you about teachers and how they need help? It tells me that teachers are working with an extremely limited amount of time and that time needs to be closely monitored. And the reason being is we have a lot to accomplish in a short amount of time. And so that conscious awareness that a timer or an alarm brings to your classroom is really brilliant. And I'm really glad to hear that you're incorporating that into your, your classroom. Jess, what else do you have for us? Yeah, well, I just listening to you guys um, list off all the things that Merlin can do from setting timers to asking it live questions um, in terms of like, who was George Washington or what what does this person do? Merlin can surf the web too to finding your remote, which for listeners who don't know what that is, if you've ever like lost your iPhone and said had to do find my iPhone and have the little beep go off, we have a very similar feature for our Merlin remote that you can speak into and kids love using it, like Dana explained. And it just, you already seem so masterful of this technology and bringing students in with you. And I'd love to actually back it up a few steps um, and start from the beginning because um, I think a lot of teachers hear that and they're like, how can I ever reach that point? So I'd love to hear from both of you. Maybe you could tell me a little bit like, what was the first day like when you first met Merlin? And what did you try at the very beginning? And I see lots of laughs. Yeah, <laughs> Dana, you got to start the laughs. <laughs> lots of red faces. <laughs> it was. It, it it's like anything else. I mean, you just you you trip on your own shoestrings. You know, they tell you the command word is you know, hey Merlin. And in thirty seconds, you're like Merlin, Merlin, Merlin. Nothing's happening. It's broken. I broke it. It's like no, 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 no. You actually have to have that that single syllable word in front of it. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's not going to hear you. Um, all of these little things. Uh, but I, I remember the first day I was looking at Phil and I was like, I don't know, man, like, how am I going to use this, this piece of equipment? And I remember they gave me the little laminated note card 
with the, I think there were like eight or nine commands it could do at the time. And I kind of looked at him and I was like, well, these are, these are cool. Cause you could like go to a tab search, you know, that kind of thing. And then, um, I remember one day I said the keyword and it beeped and a student asked me, what's that? And I said, oh, that's Merlin. And they said, what does it do? And it wasn't until I was with the students that we sat back and were like, yeah, let's put it through its paces. Let's see what it can figure out. Uh, some kids asked it riddles. And of course it just like, bong, you know, I can't answer that, that kind of thing. Um, but kids were asking about, I had some, uh, in, in, in my AP class, I had some kids in calculus. They're like, uh, Hey Merlin, how do you do such and such in calculus? I can't remember what they asked. And it brought up the Google search and they were like, can you open that for me, Mr. Fish? And right there, I knew I was like, oh, this is, this is fine. This is going to be great. And so we do use it in literature of all things. It's like, I forgot what year this book was written or, you know, uh, what edition this was or that. We use it, like I said, in the, in the, in the, um, the, the study review area. So, but yeah, the first day, I mean, you just trip over your own shoestrings a little bit and, and it's okay because at least for us, Phil was like, break it, break it, do your best to make this thing just melt down. And we did, and it just kept getting better. It kept adding new commands and could do different things. So if there's anybody wondering like, oh, how do I start? You start just like anything else. It's like the first time you put an Alexa in your house, you know, after a while, you're like, ah, uh, maybe I will hook the lights up to it. Maybe I will do this. Maybe I will do that. And it's just, it's baby steps. You know, it starts Brian, out. I love that. I, I had the same exact experience with my Alexa. I was like, okay, I can ask it to play some music for me. I'm just going to do one thing. Just find one thing to do. I'm not going to worry about anything else. And then once I master that, maybe I'll try something else. I had to find my phone for me. And you just find little things here and there to make your life easier. And then if it's not online, you're like, oh no, I, I really didn't realize how I got so used to this functionality and, and it's gone now. But yeah, Tina, how was your first day with Merlin? Thank you, Brian. Well, I'm, I pride myself in being pretty techie, but I also know that you know, when you use something new, you got to learn it. You got to, you know, you got to be humbled to the device for a little bit until you have a better understanding. And I remember when we got it, it was, hey, do you want to, you know, do you want an AI device in your classroom? I was like, mm, I don't know about that. Okay. I was a little nervous. And then they said, well, we're going to do a training. Come on, we're going to show you what it can do. And I said, okay. And so, you know, the, the first comment is, oh, how are you doing today, right? You ask Merlin how it's doing. And Merlin responded. And I was like, that's so cool. And then we just kind of learned some of the basics. But then when I had my class the next day, I said, okay, guys, are you ready? We're going to play. And so at that point, I was thinking, I have a Google Home at home. I don't have an Alexa. So I have a seven-year-old who loves to ask Google to tell a joke or to, you know, just silly questions and things like that. So that's what I had in my mind. I was like, sweet, I'm going to tell Merlin to tell us a joke. Yeah, not so much. But, you know, we had to learn that by by just asking the questions. And I remember my kids are like, can we ask it a would you rather question? Because we do a lot of would you rathers in class kind of as a passing, you know, okay, let's do this, do that. And of course, you know, Merlin doesn't really answer those questions. Although I've put in a good word that please let's do something because it would be very cool to have Merlin, you know, 
tell something a fact about each would you rather and then just randomly pick one for something silly like that's the kind of stuff the kids just eat that up they kind of use what they know at home and um the the first day was rough and actually i grabbed a little notebook and i put merlin across the top and a pencil next to it and i stuck it underneath the merlin and i told one of my kiddos i said okay listen when we have an issue or a question you're going to go write it down <laughs> because we knew that with our district, we are so, so blessed to have, you know, Merlin come down and work with us and, and show us things. And when I have an issue, I call Mr. Harding and say, okay, look, this isn't working. And next thing you know, he's at my door and he's got someone on the phone, like trying to figure it out. And that's actually when I learn the most because then I get the little tips and tricks. Oh, try well, to both of you, I heard both of you say in different ways, that the first day you really relied on your kids. Yes. Oh, yeah. Both of you relied on those kids. The kids are what brought the excitement. The kids are what made you feel empowered and emboldened to try. And kids are used to failing and making mistakes and falling down and picking themselves up. They're not afraid of that. We adults, we're afraid. We're afraid to fail. We've had people terrify us. We have trauma about failure. And so we put something new in our room and we really don't want to mess it up. But then we have this amazing career where we've got kids in the room with us and the kids want to play. And that's what's so exciting. I love, like, I, this is the first time I'm making this connection. If, as a teacher, if you're nervous to start using it, incorporate your children into it. They want to play with Merlin. So that's really exciting. Thank you guys for sharing that. Yeah, thank you guys. And it also is so interesting to hear how both of you were skeptical in the beginning. I think as all teachers are, when someone puts a new piece of technology into their classroom, into their routine. Um, and I'd love to hear where, when was the turning point for you when you went from skeptic to like, okay, I feel like I have more of a handle on this. Like I'm, I'm thinking about like, we think about students learning journeys and there's like an exploration phase where you're just seeing what's going on. And then you start to get a little bit more like, okay, I'm, I'm structuring this. Was there like a moment where you were like, all of a sudden I've got this, I'm proficient and you can start like planning your lessons around Merlin. Was there a moment when you started to realize that your lesson planning began to change because of your AI device? I think what changed the most for me um, that I noticed was having that freedom to go sit somewhere else and like go sit with the students and just experience it. Because that's what I really wanted to see is I wanted to experience it from their point of view. I can't experience Merlin the way they do, you know, sitting over here. But the other thing I realized was that what Merlin was allowing me to do by not sitting at the, the, the emperor's throne, they were asking me questions. They were asking me questions. They didn't have to really raise their hand. They could lean over and say, Hey, Mr. Fish, how do I, you know, what about this? What about this character? What about that? What, you know, I don't understand in the plot line, you know, is this the, you know, is this climax or is this, the, you know? And I realized that this desk is intimidating and Merlin lets me go somewhere else. And I don't have to be this guy that you have to 
walk up because I remember that in high school. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember that, but there was nothing worse than having to walk up to your teacher's desk in front of everybody to ask a question. You, you really wanted them to be walking by and say, Hey, I have a question. So you didn't stand out. Merlin gives me that in a way that I don't think any other products really do or that any other technology does. Like I've, I've tried chat clients, everything. I think that's one of the best things. And that's where it didn't change so much my, my plan for the day or the lesson, but it definitely changed how much information I could get to kids who needed it. And I could, I could meet those individual learning goals that I know that students have a little bit easier. It, 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 it was just another tool in the toolbox. Love that so much. And I, I've seen it, Dana, I'll get to you in just one second. I, I don't forget what you had to say, but I, I wanted to say all of a sudden, as an educator, you don't have to have all the answers and you don't have to prep like you used to, because if you don't know the answer, you say, let's ask Merlin. And it just makes pressure off of you as an educator. Um, the lesson planning can be a little bit more organic. Maybe you have less outside of class prep time because you know that you can trust yourself to find a video on the fly. You're like, oh, let's find a video about fractions and watch that. Let's find a brain break and let's get the kids up and moving. Let, and, um, like you, you know that you don't have to put as much outside of class time work because Merlin's there to support those questions that maybe you might not have the answer too. And you can quickly Google that without having to pull out your phone or go to your laptop. You can just ask right there in the moment and have your question answered. Dana, what were you going to say? You know, my wow. Oh man, this is, this is going to, going to be an awesome experience moment was the first time one of my kids said, ask Merlin, can we ask Merlin? And I think it was, you know, it's no secret in my classroom. I don't know all the answers. Like I tell them, I don't know, let's go ask a first grade teacher. I'm not sure, you know, and, and I, they know I'm not going to act like I know everything because I don't. And, you know, sometimes I make mistakes on purpose and sometimes it's an accident and I tell them it was on purpose because that's more fun when they see the look on my face. But the first time one of my kids said, can we ask Merlin that question? And I was just like, why? Yes, we can go right ahead. You know, and it really didn't change how the plans go. Cause I mean, we're just so go, go, go. And we have our routines and our, our processes that we, you know, way we do things um, so set, but it really enhanced a lot of the lessons innately because I could stop and say, okay, let's look at that. And, you know, a real talk as a teacher, you know, we have to be mindful and careful too, because if I have my computer projecting, I need to be mindful of what might come up. And so I do feel like that's where you know, sometimes if I think that question might have something that may not be something that they should see because my um, filters are different than their filters, then I will blank my screen for that moment and just, you know, check it. <laughs> but for the most part, it's usually pretty innocent stuff that, you know, they're just like, oh, that's a good question. Can we ask Merlin? Why? Yes, we can. Let's do it. That's such a great tip too for, for teachers. Um, and just hearing all of your strategies, it it doesn't even sound like, you know, engaging students is like the last step in this like journey toward mastering Merlin. Engaging students is the first bit in your learning journey and, and critical to that. Um, and I'd actually love to turn it toward Wendy because Wendy, you train a ton of teachers. I'm wondering, what do you, what do you give as like the baby steps, the first things for teachers to try? And what do you see teachers try 
as they get more and more comfortable with it? Um, the first thing people want to try is a timer. Um, everyone is using a timer and that's all on their, their phone or they have a little egg timer or something. I had one, everyone's timing. So that's the first thing I have them try. Um, and if that's the only thing you ever use Merlin for, it's fine because it will improve transitions. It will improve instructional time. It will improve your behavior management. Just simply having a timer on while students are working gives you opportunity to just understand that your class is moving at a good flow and a good pace. And if that's the only tool you need, then that's fine. It's when teachers start to feel comfortable and confident with that timer that I'm like, hey, did you know you can access your Google Drive? Let's pull that up. Do you ever teach with Google Science presentations? They're like, oh yeah, all the time. I'm like, well, did you know you can access that with your voice? And you find kind of what they're already using, what's going to excite them. So if they're using Google Classroom, um, you can say, did you know that you can send any link, any web page to your Google Classroom feed? All you have to do is say send to Google Classroom. Did you know that? Because it's a really lengthy process to actually post a link in your Google Classroom and you can do it with your voice. It means that the learning becomes more organic because students can ask a question, you can search for it. You can say, we don't have time to go through that right now, but I'm gonna send it to your Google Classroom and you can look at it at home. And all of a sudden, all of this authentic engagement where kids are asking questions and kids are finding things and kids are experiencing things and they're having access to these videos and web pages that they might not other way, otherwise have, um, it really starts to increase. So what I like to do is find what they're already using and say, did you know we can make that a little easier for you? And it's going to be different for every teacher, but certainly that first thing, show that timer. They get really excited about that. Brian, I saw you um, having uh, something to say. Uh, one of the things that Merlin did teach me to do that I thought really streamlined just my lesson planning and everything is Merlin taught me to line up all my tabs. If I'm going to have different things to do, and, and Dana's laughing at me right now, but once you figure out, you can get Merlin to do tab one, tab two, tab three, so on and so forth. All of a sudden, your lessons are rolling because you're not running around trying to do something. You're just in there in the mix with the, with the kiddos doing what you need to do. But it has, if there's one thing that changed about my lesson planning is that I have my tabs lined up and I know my first three tabs are always, you know, stuff for, for attendance. And then all the other tabs are lined up throughout the day or throughout the lesson. And I teach my, my student teachers to do the same thing just to make it easier on them. So it's like, hey, you know, you're going to have five tabs open. Tabs, you know, four and five are the two you're going to be using today. So you can switch back and forth, which is so nice just to be able to move tabs, even without a voice command, just with the, with the magic remote. Oh, my goodness. That was a game changer. Right. And you have like tabs, just being able to move across tabs from across the room. It sounds so simple, but it's saving you having to walk and leave a student. What if you're in a behavior situation with a student and you need to have proximity control next to that student? You need to stay by that student's side. You can stay there. You can do what you need to do with this student and still have your lesson progressing at a pretty optimal pace. Dana, did you have something to say? I'm hearing that you guys are like, it's not, it's 
learning Merlin is exploration, like you were talking about, but it can also be, you know, structured learning too. Like, like not, you don't even know what you don't know sometimes. And sometimes having like a trainer or taking the time to go through the Merlin resources and be like, what else can this do? Or having somebody tell you, hey, do you know that it can do this too? Also is helpful for weaving into your own learning process in, in any piece of technology or tool. I'm wondering, um, just to hear quickly from both of you, what were some things you did when you felt stuck with Merlin? I know Dana, you mentioned having a notebook with kids to write down. That's an amazing idea. Would love to know if there was anything else that any resources or tips that you would have for if a teacher felt stuck. I think just kind of being patient, first of all, because, you know, it could just be one word is not, you know, you, you've, you've flipped something or, you know, you're, you're kind of using what you think and, and not really like taking a moment and just we're in the, in the thick of things and you're trying to move through and, and just um, also being graceful with the kiddos because you know they're they're seeing how we're interacting and there have been days of frustration for sure where I needed to keep pairing or something was going on and you know at that point I, I'm kind of the joker in my class like I'm the class clown so sometimes you know just my humor is what cuts that a little bit but just giving an opportunity to for the for the kiddos to come up with some things because sometimes I might be thinking I'm trying to be on the right track with a command or something and then I, you know I hear across the room what about asking this oh I didn't think about that let's try it you know and we and it kind of goes back to the 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 scholar experience and allowing them to help to problem solve because that's what we want we want them to keep trying and not just say forget it unplug it and not use it again you know, and, and when I'm in that moment of, I really want this to work, I really, really want to be able to do something, I do have someone to call and just say, hey, you know, what can I do? And sometimes, you know, I get that help right away. And sometimes I just kind of need to take a deep breath and try something else. Teachers are amazing troubleshooters, I found. Brian, well, do you have something to add? Oh, oh I was just going to say everything that Dana said is absolutely on point. I think the the key to learning anything but especially with merlin is you know have the it people tell the teacher try and break it you can't it's words you're not going to break anything it's just going to go bong until you know and second let those students have that agency it's totally fine they're not going to break it either and you know when dana said earlier you know there are some searches i worry about from time to time i'm in high school so I just tell Merlin to go to a dead HDMI that it has instead of three, go to one and it blanks the screen. And then I go back to three and go like, okay, that was, that, that worked out. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's all about, you're going to learn more if you learn it with the kids. That's, that's, I think the point. Well, and any teacher will be able to explain how important it is to, for any learning process to make mistakes. And in fact, you learn more when you make a mistake than when you do it right. And it's actually exceptionally important to learning process to make mistakes. So I, I, I love that you guys are comfortable and courageous in that space where you're saying, well, we're going to make mistakes today and we're going to learn from them and that's okay. And I think anytime you're learning a new skill, seeing examples of it working correctly 
but also singing non-examples, it's both very, very effective and it helps you hone in. And one little tip I wanted to give um, as you are troubleshooting and maybe not, maybe Merlin's hearing something wrong, there's a setting in the teacher portal, teacher.merlin.org in the settings that's called transcription. Um, I recommend that you turn transcription on because it gives you a banner at the top of your screen that shows what Merlin heard you say. And a lot of times simple, just adjusting your enunciation of certain words will improve your search and make it work better for you. And a lot of times it'll hear something that sounds very similar and you'll just like, oh, I kind of slurred that word. I need to try again. And that's one of my biggest tips I give to new users is turn on that transcription setting so you can really get comfortable and familiar um, with what Mer Merlin is hearing and how it really interacts with your voice and your accent and all of that. The other thing that transcription is really, really good for is students that are English language learners, students that have disabilities, younger students that are learning to read. Um, and it's just a really great feature that I recommend turning on, especially if you're a new user. Thank you, Wendy. I feel like Wendy is full of tips and tricks too. So not only teachers listening to this podcast should you reference um, you know, other teachers in your school and learn from other teachers who are using Merlin, but obviously we have resources as well, like Wendy and our so many of our other teammates here at Merlin um, to help you in that journey. I'd love to just say to both Dana and Brian, that we are so happy that you were able to join us and share your experiences with us. It has just been amazing to learn from you. I've picked up new things to tell other teachers. Um, I feel like that's the best part of talking to teachers. Um, and we just like, just love both of you being so vulnerable about your own journey through Merlin, um, your failures and congratulations on being a teacher at the cutting edge of technology because it's not easy, but um, you're really making a difference in your students' lives. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you. You guys were absolutely wonderful. What a great group. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. It was a blast. <laughs>